1: podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack day podcast the uh hey we'll see you in a month and a half edition of the pack day podcast i am one of your hosts dusty evely with me as always is sarah kelleher um we have a special guest as i said so we're gonna be off for a month and a half a draft coverage is picking up sarah and i it's not that we don't care about the draft it's just we don't dig into it as much as as all of you beautiful lunatics out there so we're taking a month and a half off we wanted to Kick off uh, kind of in a bit of style here. So, with us is a special question mark guest, uh, one Mr. Aaron Nagler. So, uh, Nagler, how are you? I'm, well, there's so much
2: to unpack from that intro. Wait a second. <laughs> you guys get to take a month <laughs> and a half off? Mm-hmm. Where do I it, sign it, we, up? Wait, yeah. the draft industrial complex like descends on us and you're both like, peace. Like, yeah, l- uh, yeah listen, I'm, Can I'm, I'm writing plan? about other
1: stuff. Yeah, no, I listen. I, I, you know me. I don't care the draft. I'm fine with. Um, I will be writing about passing concepts. I care about the draft. Like
2: I'm into mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. you know all the over of it. Come mm-hmm.
1: on, come on. Yeah, yeah we're I stepping away for a month able- and a half so people can overanalyze it. We <laughs> do
3: this uh, that's, every that's, year that's without you. every single year. Fail, so.
2: every single year. Yeah, well, yeah, bless a- you both. Bless you both. <laughs> you both. You're out, both on the right track. You both were like. You got this figured out way ahead of everybody else. I yeah,
1: like no, yeah, we're just, we're peacing out. It's beautiful. Um, Sarah, <laughs> how are you? You feeling good?
3: Yeah, I'm excited. It's my birthday over the weekend, so it's a nice birthday weekend with the happy family. Happy birthday. Thank you, Thank you. Um, and I'm feeling good. i ready to go into a nice break for a bit, but also it was an interesting day just with the uh, annual pl- uh, coaches meeting over there, um, down in Florida, but um, mm-hmm. not really close to me. But yeah, huh. I'm feeling good.
2: I was gonna say down in Florida. Aren't you in Florida? Wait, wait. Am I crazy?
3: Yeah, I am. I don't know why I said it like that. To be <laughs> okay, uh,
2: no, okay, but it, like down in Florida because
3: probably most people me. listening
2: to this are in Green Bay or in Wisconsin or whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel that. But like, I was like, wait, am I having a stroke? I thought Sarah was in Florida. So yeah,
3: okay, good. I Just
2: am yep. sure. Just making
1: sure. All right. We'll hit up some of this stuff from down old Florida way. Um, so we'll kick things off. A few things. First of all, in Packer land, uh, Manchester City is playing uh, Bayern Munich in Lambeau Field on July 23rd. Let's Lynn Nagler, you're a soccer guy, go. right? You know-
2: the yeah. only thing that could make this better if it is if Chelsea was playing. But of course, I Chelsea's, knew you
3: were going to say that. <laughs> Chelsea is
2: dealing with their whole own thing with Romovich being like censured or whatever, blah blah blah. So I'm not surprised Chelsea's not on offer, but holy cow to get like any kind of FIFA action at Lambo Field. What's funny is that, like I had legit just talked to my parents and my kids about hmm, I think because schedule summer scheduling, whatever, mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, I'm gonna come a couple weeks later than or a week, ten days later than usual because now with training camp pads don't come on for the first week like mm-hmm. so i don't need to be there when it kicks off now i'm like i'm coming a week early <laughs> july 23rd there's going to be this match I, I get it's an exhibition like i don't care it's going to be phenomenal i cannot wait am have on. you
3: ever seen a european team play in person or only on no
2: TV? not once okay. only on television and That's- i've been to i've been to stanford bridge like i've been i've done all of that but i've never seen a match live like exhibition or no like i don't care i have i can't wait and at lambo are you kidding me i yeah I just oh my gosh i'm so excited
3: it's totally worth it and it's completely different i went on uh, vacation with my family when i was young to seattle um and Banchester united just ended up playing there and the same time that we were there and it was an expedition i don't even remember who they were playing but um My family and I, we were big soccer people growing up. So we went and it was awesome. And I I go to Orlando City games in Orlando all the time. It it does not compare to that. The vibe
2: is just like amazing. And I know people will just descend on Lambo for this (laughs) thing. And it'll be amazing. And the vibe will be immaculate. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited.
1: That sounds awesome. I don't. I don't know anything about soccer. That sounds awesome. I'm excited for you two. I guess. Um, <laughs> Niggle. I'm excited for you for going. Dustin, and- you need
2: to come up. You need to come up. Please, you got to you know, we'll,
1: we'll, a, a we'll hang out
2: and we'll go across okay. the street for
1: a game. It'll be great. Banky has promised me at some point that I can spend a week in his basement, which sounds weird. Um, I'm just, going saying, through, I'm like, just uh 1920s Packer film. So uh, I think he's got some <laughs> weird stash down there that he's trying to lure me with. So he's got
2: like, no, you don't understand. He's got a whole matrix of games on his server from throughout the history of yeah. the Packers. Like he can draw up insane amounts of like random Packers games throughout the hundred plus year history of the franchise. It's kind of, so I may just have to come up and then like, while you're
1: at your, so while I'm at the thing, game. I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll at just, the match
2: yeah. <laughs> and you'll be in the basement watching old 1920. That sounds like games. a dream. Sounds like I, a dream. I think it's a
1: win-win. Is what <laughs> sounds it sounds like, like a win-win. Um, all right, I'm going to bring us down now because the next oh, thing no. we're going to talk about, um, overtime rules there's overtime rules approved today uh now the rules are as i understand it the rules are going to stay the same as they are who cares for the oh regular my God. season so bad. and then post-season, so season each team gets a possession so they each get a chance to score there are other things proposed they each get a chance to score and then uh, the third possession then becomes sudden death if both teams score on those on the first one so Personally, I think it's real dumb because I don't understand rules that are different for postseason and regular season. If you want to test stuff out, do that with the preseason because no one cares. Postseason I don't like. Their numbers they draw they trot it out. It was it's like
2: post yeah, because make this is sense. they're always reacting. This is the NFL, yeah. right? They're always reacting. It was like when Peter King went on his crusade to change overtime rules because Brett Favre didn't get a possession in an overtime. Like, <laughs> shut up. It's always about the quarterbacks. It's always about the pretty boy quarterbacks. Now, this latest iteration is because Josh Allen didn't get, well, his defense shouldn't have played 20 yards off with 13 seconds left. That's true. Like, this isn't tough. Like, Mm -hmm. defense is part of the game. I don't get this. I don't understand this. Everybody has to have a lollipop BS. Like, I don't. Play. You've just played 60 minutes of football, a game which in real time lasts close to three hours. Mm -hmm. Yet we've got to make sure everybody gets a chance. Shut up. Win the game. When it gets to overtime, when the clock hits zero and you get to whatever the hell overtime is now, it should be sudden death. Sudden death was perfect, Mm -hmm. and they ruined it.
1: Thanks, Peter King. Thanks, Brett Favre. You're dead to me my my uh, my favorite thing about it they, they they posted numbers and the numbers were like since they redid the overtime thing uh, 50% of teams that got the ball first won at 54 percent it comes out oh, to essentially home fields almost like a coin flip amazing almost like a coin flip like when the postseason seven out of 12 teams won like and then they said it's a smaller sample size but like no you stop at the butt it is a smaller sample size correct um Sarah do you have thoughts Sarah do you have
3: <laughs> thoughts? I mean, just why are they only doing it for the playoffs too? If you're if you're gonna no, commit make, yeah. to this, yeah. why not just commit fully? That that's the part I saw that and
1: that's that's Well, my favorite that. thing is you're gonna chase us down. You can chase us down because what's gonna happen is someone in the playoffs, first team's gonna score a touchdown, second team's gonna score a touchdown, first team's gonna score the t- third touchdown. Like, well, the, the second team didn't get a chance to respond. Like that's that's this the is way the this thing. goes. We're it's just a, chasing it down. An,
2: everybody's gotta have mm-hmm. an ice
1: cream cone. It's mm-hmm. so
2: ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You both got your ice cream cone at kickoff. Literally at the beginning of the game. You showed up. You're at the stadium. You both got to play for four quarters. That was the ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. I hate this. I hate it so much <laughs> with every fiber of my being, but I know it's like everybody's got to have a chance. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You had your chance. You blew it. What did mm-hmm. uh what did Robert De Niro say to Sylvester Stallone in Copland, you know, I gave you a chance to be a cop and you blew it. Well, you blew it. You didn't win in regulation.
1: Yeah. And I think if they were just a squib kip to the, to the chiefs, uh, none of this would have happened. You know, none of this would have happened. Just yeah. a little more strategy and we would have been fine. Been fine. Uh, last little news and note here. Um, uh, the NFL spokesman has said the locker rooms will be open to reporters this season. Sarah, are you excited? Are you excited for the access that people will get? Does
3: yeah, I'm, I'm excited yeah. for okay. other people. I mean, okay. I will not benefit from this, but I, I believe that there is much just better reporting, and that people um, that are covering the team all or covering teams all across the NFL, they get better quotes from players. You can just learn more. They can write better stories. So, if you're a fan of journalism and you know reading about sports, this is kind of a big win for everyone.
1: Yeah. And Nagler, someone who's kind of been there. Where do you uh, where do you sit on this? Man, I don't know, Sarah. I I feel what you're saying. I feel
2: you. I can't I can't get on board. I here's the thing: having been in the locker room and having done it, I just I understand the idea of being able to like be face to face with someone, and I do think there was a time. When it comes to the NFL media, where that did happen, but man, that that point is long past, and now these guys, they know when open locker room is, and if they don't want to talk, they just avoid the locker room, right? And even if they don't avoid it per se, like they come in and they change, and they're hey, can I grab you real quick? Yeah, no, man, I'm in I'm I'm in a hurry or whatever. Like not right now, knowing full well they're never gonna like follow back because you know time will march on in like the practicality of it that I really liked what Adam Silver said talking about the NBA mm-hmm. in the sense of like a lot of the attitudes and the kind of mechanisms around open locker room are so antiquated and so weird like if you like drew up the idea of okay how can we get access to players for the media and it's like okay we're gonna have guys just coming out of the shower like you know in various states of undress and then we'll respectfully stand off but then you know oh they've got their underwear maybe a t-shirt on and now we'll descend on them it's just weird man and i do think it the nfl missed a very real opportunity here to kind of rethink access to sarah's point though i do think Having you know the ability to speak to someone face to face is so great, and to that, and I think you know, as far as journalists go, and look there are <laughs> you tell you we can that's a whole another podcast about what journalism is, especially in this space, but the idea of being able to talk to someone face to face, especially if you are someone who is objective and do give critiques and are. Maybe not hard on someone, but is like has given an unvarnished opinion, the ability to walk into a space, a room, what have you, and see that guy face to face and you know, be available just to say, yep, I wrote that. I said you sucked in that list that last game for whatever reason. I am more than ready to talk about it and hear your side of it and like, you know, form that relationship like that is valuable that I do not dismiss but, man, in practicality, in the practical sense of the actual open locker room, if you go in there, no, no one shows up. And the few guys who do, it's like the television people just descend on them and then a scrum forms and everyone gets the same quotes, everyone gets the same story, etc. and the ability to actually get a one-on-one conversation. And it's not even like, I'm mining for quotes for a story. It's just, I just want to talk to you. I just want to know who you are as a human and get to know you a little bit. And that will maybe inform my reporting, what I write, et cetera, going forward. That's how it used to be. And that I think should be the ideal, but so, so often is like completely left on the wayside. Um, I do think... There are a lot of people in this business who will applaud it and really appreciate it, the ability to go into a locker room. But man, I I do think it's a big missed opportunity to kind of reinvent or reassess what could have been possible with media access.
1: Well, they were busy with the overtime rules. You know, they, they didn't have a whole lot of time. Dusty, to why, 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 are you
2: going to I gave you this song? really, kind of fucking. I really thought about this, and then you just throw that back in my face. Really? All right. No, I, I thought it was you. good. Sorry, I feel, I had, no, I, I had an, an
1: opening. It. No, I mean, no, because I'm I'm the same way with Sarah. I mean, my I align the same way with Sarah. Like the access, uh, you know, from the outside, kind of looking and thinking about that. The access would be good. You get that access to face-to-face, but there's so many of those. Ins- and and outs- that's invaluable. Just I mean, I'm just, not dismissing yeah. that. I'm not belittling it. I'm not minimizing it. It's
2: so true. Uh, Mike Daniels was the first guy ever in the history of my life. As far as like any kind of content creation around the Packers who legit came up to me in the locker. I didn't approach him. He came up to me and said, I really appreciate what you do. You clearly watch the film. I really like, you know, appreciate it. And that never would have happened. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the idea and that kind of formed our you know, relationship. And that's a open locker room moment that I do think are few and far between. Obviously, that's not available to you via Zoom or what have you. Sure. And I do think there's value there. Like I'm not dismissing it. But, man, it's just hard when it's like this cattle call of, oh, you know, whoever. Let's say – Adrian Amos made a big play. Here comes like 20 people with cameras and stepladders to form around Adrian Amos. Well, you're not going to get a conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're going to get a bunch of cameras in his face and some real surface level questions. And you're not going to get anything yeah. of, of real value. Like you'll get some quotes, but yeah, not a real interaction. You know what I mean. I
3: appreciate that insight about the process. Like I, I work in PR, like that's my full time job. So a lot of times we're organizing media events and media availabilities, and we run into that issue too, where we're going to have TV reporters and print and online reporters, and they have different needs and wants, and it's hard to.
2: That's give a balancing them all act, right? That. Because right. that's the thing, and so, right? Because they're creating content for different avenues and different mm-hmm. entities. That's very real. Like that's so, you know, that's that's legit.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
4: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: And so I can see where you're trying to get, um, or you're trying to have a conversation with someone just to get to know them better, just to add a little insights to your story or something you're working on, but then there's someone who's with the TV station and they just need a 20 to 30. They need, a, clip exactly. that they can they run. need the
2: bite. They need. the um, bite.
3: And that's completely different from what you and other people may need. So what's I never funny is when it, I was it. in,
2: when I was at Blackstone, when I was in PR for uh, a private equity firm, that was legit what you're describing right there. That was it. The juggling act of, okay, I've got a New York times reporter or a financial times reporter who need, wants a conversation with the guy I'm handling. Versus like CNBC wanting like f- like five minutes with Steve Schwarzman to give them whatever soundbite like that is a very real thing and I've talked to Packers PR about this it's like I always joke like you should have separate availabilities for television and print but you know no I mean it's it's a miracle we get what we get on the media yeah. side so you know that that would never happen but it is. It is frustrating when you're there as someone who has to create content, and you know you do want something meaningful. You do want an actual interaction, even if it's not to create content for that day, but just a former right. relationship, long standing going forward with a coach or a player, and you've got someone from television who does need that soundbite going. How did it feel? Like oh my, when when you caught that pass, like just shoot me into the sun. It's the worst. It's
1: the worst. You know, it is interesting because it is a um, it's it is content creation, but it's everyone gets the same content. You're just you're putting the
2: same thing out on every platform. I do remember like being a kid and being like, why does every like everything I see kind of have the same headline? You know what I mean? Because and then I grew up and I was like, oh, wait, because they're all around the same dude in the locker room getting the same quote. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not something I thought about until I was in
1: it. You know, yeah.
2: it's so true, though.
1: That's interesting. Thanks for that, Naga. Um We're going to hit. There's a couple uh, key points from the floor. presser we want to kind of touch on. So first one, uh, they t- they asked about uh, if the media the <laughs> Floor asked the media if they'd re- met Bisachi in person since he became the special uh, the special teams coordinator. Uh, they said they had not. And his response was essentially uh, just buckle up. God damn, he is a fiery <laughs> dude, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed, which kind of which which hits on. I think I think a lot of what we heard coming leading up to this point. Um, and then Schneidman reported the floor. Another thing on, on Basagia was he said, I'm close with Will Compton. He said something that resonated with me. He's the best leader he's ever been around. And he's uh, he said, can I use the P word? He said he's also a prick. Or I was just gonna say. With him.
2: I do love the idea of like I want to know the <laughs> the the sequence here because did Matt literally ask if he can use the p word and then say goddamn <laughs> later in the same availability like or did that come like I love because if the first time Matt was ever on Packer transplants he literally asked if he could swear on transplants and I'm like yeah it's like, you're not under Packers protocol right now like you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Like I just love how careful Matt is about whatever quotes get out there, and then says, "God damn, this guy MF, this guy is my man." Like <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. But like I'm, in, I'm in yourself. on his his was, review of Bassacchia.
1: I love it. I, I'm curious. We've talked about it uh, before. I know you've kind of you've talked about him as well, but the whole Bassacchia. Not himself, like not just that one man fixing the thing. How do you right. feel about that higher overall? Because I know, I mean, looking back on you know Drayton stops before, like Drayton's interviews and the st- his his stint in uh, Indy before right. he had like top, I think by DVOA, small sample size. I know I just railed on that a while ago. But he was top five DVOA special teams unit in, in yeah. Indy as an assistant, he though right? He as wasn't as an assistant, right, right, right. But he had those. He had those things. Like Passaggio has always been kind of a middle of the road guy, which is an improvement. He's had. He's some
2: top echelon, he's had, like once or twice, but 10, for the most correct. part, yes, right.
1: Yeah, I think he's averaged around like fourteen to sixteen most years. Um Do you, the overall, like, are you a fan of that hiring? Because it sounds like they're they're looking at the entire process overall, right? They're I mean, as they should.
2: And look, the the don't under like here's the thing. I'm not saying that you are, but don't undersell the signing of Nixon. Like yeah. that seems like really not. Acquiescing, but it does feel like, okay, Rich, what do you need? You know what I mean? Like, if there's a guy, is there a guy out there that like did? I mean, obviously, I would love to talk to him, but like, did he go to Brian and say, "Hey, this is a kid who's out there available. I would really love to have him on the teams, whatever." And, you know, yes, I'm excited. I love every. I can't. I haven't spoke to a single human in the league either coaching personnel or player who doesn't love the guy. Like in yeah. that you are absolutely in. I, I I can't wait. But I also know that a resounding chorus I heard at the combine from everyone with the Packers was, man, it just sucks about Mo. Mo was awesome. Mo was a great guy. So great. I'm like rich, beautiful human. I have zero doubt. Great leader of men. I have no question, but Ultimately, I don't think that does much to move the needle when it comes to fixing special teams. And I know they brought in a new punter, and he's a much better holder by all accounts. Mm -hmm. And Great. I'm really excited. But I do think we have the hard work yet to be done when it comes to teams because I do think, and I don't know if Brian will ever admit this, but I do think it has to come from personnel. I think it has to be mm-hmm. about emphasizing and or prioritizing teams as opposed to, OK, here's a guy who can help us on teams, but we're keeping him around because he's a really promising athlete or he has lots mm-hmm. of upside who could potentially pay off from scrimmage a couple of years from now. Like they have to start prioritizing teams, maybe to the detriment of the bottom of their roster when it comes to depth from scrimmage, and I know they don't ever want to admit that, and they probably never would publicly, but man, at some point, I get it. You want to keep these promising prospects around for long-term mm-hmm. team building, whatever, but if the Packers have shown nothing else in the last like six months, it's that the next five years be damned. We're all about the next two years. We want to win a championship Right now, while Aaron Rodgers is in town. So let's extend that to special teams and not have a playoff game decided by our ineptitude on that part of the ball.
1: No, all true. That's, that's definitely something we talked about as well. Just It's, it's not just the coach, it's an entire holistic it's approach a across the organization. It's a yeah, the way, the way they've approached that. Yeah, 100%. And it looks like, and hopefully, with bringing a guy like Nixon in, hopefully, like you said, maybe that's maybe they're starting to prioritize that. They're starting to end up by a lot of the quotes that have been said during the off season. It sounds like they are hopefully changing their doing a little bit. Because Sarah,
2: let me ask you something, Sarah, because I because I know you've done tons uh, throughout the last like three years of write ups when it comes to like you've done our game recaps at geez, at DV, which we will miss you terribly for going forward, but. How many times, I mean, come on, rack your brain right now. How many times have you gone to write these things and being like, holy cow, these game special teams are the worst? I mean, (laughs) how many games have been blown? I mean, I don't need an exact number, but there have to be in your memory banks multiple times where it's like, yep, offense was great, defense was okay, they held up their end, and special teams was just Abominable.
3: Oh, it's horrible, and especially this past season. You can go back and look. I'd say seventy-five percent of the game recaps that I wrote this past right? season, the "What Went Wrong" section of the recap, was exactly. special Dude, what's and, so
2: funny? That's exactly what I was thinking of when I was asking that question. I'm like, so many times, like going back and reading it after the game, and like you, like what went wrong was always teams. Well.
3: And it was horrible watching just it all implode in the playoffs because I wrote every single week, especially as the Packers got closer and closer to the postseason, I I said, if they don't clean this up, this is going to be the thing that ruins their season. And sure enough, that's what happened. And it was just painful, painful to just watch it build and build and build (laughs) all season and write the same thing every single week. And then that be the reason it all ended.
1: Fun! it's a fun fun offseason conversation I'm excited oh it's
2: it's so much fun yeah
1: <laughs> um talk about, uh, so the floor also mentioned the text message he got from Rogers. and he came back, he said he got the text message that Roger was coming back on an offensive uh, meeting. He said he basically sprinted out of the room to make sure he read it correctly before he let everyone know, which I like the idea of just him kicking the door down just as fast (laughs) as he possibly can, holding his phone out in front of him, kicking the door down to read before coming back in and what everyone else in the room thought of that. That was a fun little anecdote. Um,
3: I like the idea of him reading it wrong and panicking and then out (laughs) loud in the meeting saying Saying, oh my God! He's not coming back. And then they all freak <laughs> out. And he shows him his phone, and then um, and then they're like, "No, Matt! It says he Matt, that says, says he says is coming back." Coming back. What's yeah. funny?
2: It reminded me of the twenty ten the NFC Championship game in Chicago when I was in auxiliary press, which is like downstairs. You can't even really see the game. You're watching it on television, <laughs> but you're still quote unquote in the press box. So you're not allowed to cheer. And BJ, when BJ Rashi intercepted the pass and ran it back for a touchdown, I legit bolted <laughs> out of, like, Jen Latta from from now ESPN. Back then, she was with uh, one of the Milwaukee institutions. But she says to this day, she's like, I was never prouder of you than in that moment. <laughs> because, like, I didn't want to cheer in the press box. So I legit bolted <laughs> into the hallway and let out a barbaric yelp. all <laughs> But so that was my that was my vision. I was like getting that text message from Matt Lafleur being like letting out his barbaric yelp, knowing that his MVP was back. It's Good I like stuff. That.
1: I like that. Um, I also asked him about uh, Bakhtiari. He said uh, he looked good dancing. Can't wait to see him at OTAs. Uh, Love it. So, so that's, that should be nice. Yeah, Gabe I'm looks n- like he's n- having a good feedback. time on his honeymoon.
2: That's all I know from
1: his. That Instagram.
3: looks amazing, right? So <laughs> he went on a safari mm-hmm. and. They're in the middle of the desert. It looks looks pretty cool. Those photos looks, were looks awesome.
2: Phenomenal. I'm I'm down with it. But yeah, I'm really I cannot wait. I really hope OTA's come around and he's like installed their left tackle and ready to go.
1: Can't wait. <sighs> be beautiful. Just just waiting for the day, man. All right, Sarah, you got a couple things here, don't you?
3: Yeah, just a couple more points from the presser today. So um I know one, um, they were talking about Tanyan and just his recovery and what's happening with the ACL there. Um Lafleur said, "You know, physically, he thinks he'll be ready to go, and that there's still a lot of growth in his game left. So that'll be interesting." Dusty, I know you're obsessed with tight ends, so I'm sure this is something that you'll be <laughs> looking forward mm-hmm. to um, as we get closer to the season. And then the last note was just about receivers. Shocker! Um, that was a talking point during the the. We about early. receivers
5: today. Get out.
3: Yeah. It's
5: <laughs>
2: no crazy. Way.
3: They never usually do, and it hasn't no been a way. hot topic this offseason. Ta- I know I tried Wait,
2: people topic. are talking about wide receivers in Green Bay? Get out. No way.
1: <gasps> crazy, man. Uh, crazy world.
3: But LaFleur specifically talked about the need for speed after, you know, losing MVS. And he said they need a guy that can take the top off the coverage. So I'm curious, and this question could be for either of you. What do you think the answer for that is? Is it getting somebody in the draft? Is it getting somebody in free agency? Both? What, what's the solution here for the Packers?
2: Yes. Yes is the answer. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, What kills me about this is like Matt says this it's the most obvious 30,000 foot kind of answer, right? He's not getting specific. He's just given a mm-hmm. little, you know, quick answer in a open presser thing. Like, and like, he's right, obviously, like, but there's no human on this earth with any like even rudimentary knowledge of football who doesn't recognize this already before Matt LaFleur says it. And then Matt says it and it's like, Twitter explodes, like, well, here are all the guys they could draft who are really fast, and here are all the free agents who are really fast, and they could bring it. It's like, okay, like, can we all just relax? Like, if there's a dude who fits, and they think can work contractually, which, by the way, they're they're back into, like, having cap issues. Mm-hmm. Like Everyone wants to talk about they have, like, $14, 15000000 million of cap space. Like, that is mostly bespoke. That is mostly taken care of as far as, like, having to sign their – uh, their draft class and then having to deal with like whatever they have to deal with throughout the season, having stuff available to make moves, etc. So it's not like they can just go shopping, so to speak. No, um, not that there's much out there, but you know, I'm also, you know, love the idea of the both Matt and Brian saying that like, look, we don't play a game until September and lots can happen before then. I do suspect that they will be on the phone leading up to the draft and possibly in during the draft about acquiring someone via trade. I do think, you know, yes, there's stuff available. And, like, w- Will Fuller's out there as a mm-hmm. guy who has tons of speed to burn, hasn't played a whole lot of games in the last couple of years, but we know the Packers have had interest in the past, offered the Texans a fourth rounder a couple of years ago at the trade deadline. So, you know, that's a possibility. But they're not going to make a move just to make it. You know what I mean? They're not going to bring a guy in just because, oh, we need a guy to run a nine route who's fast. But you that's know, what I, Twitter told me. Well, Twitter's <laughs> an idiot. You know this. But it's like if there's someone who's a fit, who can come cheap and work contractually, like, etc. there's a lot of levels to it. Yes, I have zero doubt that moves will be made to try and arrive there. But, you know, they're not going to, put a guy out there. And here's the other thing. It's like everyone wants to talk about just bring this guy in or bring a rookie in or whatever. But like um, Aaron Rodgers is still your quarterback who you just spent a boatload of money on to bring back. If he doesn't quote unquote, trust the guy or know that he can work with the guy, you're not going to bring him in. And so you got to think whoever they might be targeting, whether in free agency, whether through a trade or in the draft It's someone Aaron's going to have to sign off on. So I I just think this idea of, oh, throw all these names at the wall is kind of hilarious because there are way more levels to it than I think Twitter would have you believe.
5: With spring break approaching, the sun is coming out. Everyone is looking for a partner to impress. There are a lot of things your partner could like. Some prefer tall guys. Some prefer big butts. But no one prefers their men with smelly, unkempt nuts. That's why our friends at Manscaped developed their improved Lawnmower 4.0 to keep the weeds out of your crotch garden. Before you head out on your spring trip, make sure you're groomed from ball to tip. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer, it will change the way you approach. Your entire grooming routine. The fourth-generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags around the boys before beach season. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED light on and off. This trimmer is waterproof. You can trim in the shower, not have to worry about any of the embarrassing cleanup afterwards. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the perfect combo to keep the beach balls dry and smelling good for even the most intense spring break dance parties the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker get rid of those pesky nose and ear hair get ready to smell those flowers bloom in the spring the weed whacker is also waterproof it uses a 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary blade dual system this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology and helps prevent all of those nicks and tugs around those sensitive nose area Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Manscaped for when you want to be caught with your pants around your ankles.
1: Yeah. And that's something I always try to keep in mind as well. I mean, especially with, with draft stuff. I, you know, we just kind of talked about we take the month and a half off for the draft and I follow it somewhat. I'm interested. I want to see what they get. And I certainly have my draft crushes, but a lot of that is there's so much behind the curtain that we just don't see. There's so much about the guy and the fit and how those guys end up fitting in and what they can do on the field beside just being fast. Um, all of my draft crushes are wide receivers as, as everyone <laughs> here is, is no. not shocked in the least. I know. <laughs> I know but there's a there's passing game breakdown. dude I know is like obsessive outs. Get out. I'm, I'm, Get I'm out. trying to stay outside myself a little bit here. and trying to surprise <laughs> people. Um, but yeah. There's always, there's always more to this stuff. Uh, we said Fuller's a guy. <laughs> Fuller's a guy I had my eye on because he's fast, but there's a reason that Fuller is still out there. So,
2: <laughs> Hey, wait, let me give a quick plug. We're talking about the draft and talking about fit. Um, the Cheesehead TV draft guy, which will be mm-hmm. dropping on April 7th. I literally had a interview with Milt Hendrickson who's uh, kind of the de facto uh, assistant GM in Green Bay uh, under Brian Gutekunst, came over from Baltimore a couple years ago. Milt and I had a great talk, and I have an interview with him in the draft guide talking oh, nice. about exactly what you're talking about right there as far as fit and not just being numbers on a page and having your tape and marrying it to the person when you want to draft somebody, et cetera. Milt went deep, man. It, it was a great chat, and it's like I said, April seventh, the G TV draft guide It's going to be awesome.
1: I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying this just to plug it, but I there's like that's one of the only draft guides I consistently get every year. Um, I love it. It's always it's consistently good work. That's my ca- dude. Counting on the days. I really don't even start doing draft stuff till the G TV draft guide comes out. Um, this is this is where I wink at you know, the camera. Dirty little sure secret. I'm
2: telling you, you Sarah and the many people listening is like i don't i don't really do any draft work until like maybe two weeks before the draft like man until then it's like so many people like dude you were like we've got like 30 days to go until the draft yet like what you would think the draft was yesterday the way like it's covered online like it's insane it's a fever pitch already man dude it's nuts
1: it's absolutely so excited so excited
3: all right. Well, that kind of covers news and notes and some of the points from the presser on Tuesday. Um, but usually when we have a guest, um, we we know who you are and um, obviously uh, love your work and getting to work with you. But we want to get to know you and want our listeners to get to know you a bit better, too. So oh, we have a no. few questions. Oh, no.
2: Specifically no. This was for not you. part of the deal. This was not <laughs> part of the pitch. Oh, no. All right. Um, wait,
3: so wait. question number one. Yeah. Take Take a Sip of your drink to Big prepare. Drink. Yeah. What's up? Um, okay. So a lot of times we hear about the fun side of covering NFL teams, covering the Packers, but we also know just from the little bit of work that we do, it can be a lot of work too. So for you, what's been the most challenging part of running a site like Cheesehead TV and what's the secret for keeping it going all these years?
2: Wow. Wow. Um, okay. Well, the second part is the easiest because the secret, quote unquote, to keeping it going is just doing it and flexing that muscle every single day. Whether you like think you're doing great work or not, because look, yes, we all want to produce quality content. We all want to do the best we can do but there are going to be days especially and look I'm talking to anybody anybody out there doing any kind of content creation I'm not talking about someone with some super souped up corporate backing nonsense like if you have been like hired by Gannett or the Athletic or ESPN like you've got a whole another set of muscles behind you supporting you like I'm talking about someone who's starting their own blog their own podcast whatever just do it every single fucking day. Like, even if you like, okay, God, that wasn't the best take, or that wasn't the best take. Uh, that like really reflects every kind of aspect of the subject or whatever. Just do it. Get it out there. Because I'm telling you, man. Like when we started, there were so many different blogs. And then as things grew, podcasts, because we were podcasting before everybody else, and no one stuck with it. We just stuck with it, and we did it every day. I literally wrote every single freaking day, no matter what was going on, no matter what the take was, no matter what the headline was, Like, just do it. And yes, are there going to be days you miss? Are there going to be days that you suck? No question about it. But just keep doing it. Mike Myers has a great quote in Inside the Actor Studio. I'm, you know, a former actor, and I'm very much theatrically inclined. So I love actors and their kind of routines and what they, how they come to their craft. And Mike Myers was asked by, you know, at the end of it, they always had these questions from the audience. And they asked, like, what separated you from your peers and the people that you came up with? And Mike Myers literally said, it's like, I just kept doing it. Like everyone I worked around or with, or I went to school with, they all just kind of fell by the wayside and they stopped doing it. I just kept doing it. And that's not to say you're going to make it like, that's not to say like you're going to be successful, but just keep doing it. And it's like going to the gym. It's like, if you do it every day, your muscle grows and improves and gets better. It just does just by doing it. Um, That, more than anything, is the A number one thing. It's like just keep doing it every single day. Whether you're getting great feedback, whether you're getting tons of likes or whatever, just do it. That will separate you from 90% of whatever else is out there.
1: It's true. That's something I try to remind myself of a lot. I get down on myself a lot. I know, but uh, that is that is something. But just, you just shouldn't because your shit is
2: gold. Stop! False. Oh, my goodness, it's false. Uh, wait wait to, um, to quote Matt Lafleur. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? I'm, I'm, not, I don't know if I'm
3: allowed. <laughs> Going back to the first part of the question too, because I know that was a two parter. What do you think is the hardest part of running a site like Cheesehead?
2: The time management just like and it's funny because like it's not even like one billionth of a percent of what a head coach needs to deal with. But I do always kind of think about not just Matt, but like any head coach who comes up through the ranks and goes from being a position coach to a coordinator to being a head coach. And they always talk about the administrative stuff and how that pulls you in so many different directions and all you want to do. And I have talked about Matt to Matt about this is like, oh, I just want to coach ball. Like, I don't want to do any of the media stuff. I don't want to deal with any of the public relations stuff. Like, I just want to coach ball. Like, all I want to do, I'm Dusty, let me tell you something, buddy. You've got the dream job, because all I want to do <laughs> is sit there and break down plays. I just want to, like, watch film and talk ball. That's all sure. I want to do in life. But I got to deal with pot. Like, right now, we are literally in the process of moving all of our podcast feeds. Like podcast feeds really this is what i've got to deal with like i'm we bringing on stuff for the youtube channel and like oh thumbnails i gotta learn how to make thumbnails and like blood. they gotta make they gotta be engaging engaging thumbnails like i'm a classically trained actor and i gotta deal with (laughs) thumbnails are you serious right now like there's so many aspects administratively and like just you know brand wise that It's not anything I ever relish or enjoy doing in any way, shape, or form, but it's got to be done, and no one else is going to do it, so I got to do it. So it's that. More than anything else, it's juggling all of that whilst trying not to, and I have definitely found myself at, at points where I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed, and I'm so just in the weeds, and I hate this. I hate it. But then I'm like, this is legit how I pay my rent man. Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? It's like finding that perspective of, you know, yes, it's a grind and it can be crazy. And like, it is taxing, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm still creating something that is a passion project and is about a subject. I absolutely adore and love and have always since I was like three years old. So yeah, that, that to me is the biggest challenge. It's like balancing the, the work when it comes to, maintaining a brand, maintaining a site with my passion and love the game and this team. And it's, it's a, it's a difficult balance, but
1: it's one that's worth it. No doubt. Do you, do you get that? I mean, that seems like some of the balancing act of that, some of the stuff that's tough is like, do you find that work, that administrative side, does that ever sap your joy? your passion yes. like does that yes. like and i guess no i mean yes. not to the point like you're still a passionate fan but like how much yes. does it impact you in in that side of your life
2: there's no question um it's funny too because like there did there was all there was a reckoning <laughs> when i was on the beat um it, it was different then because i was going to all the games mm-hmm. and like it's weird because everyone thinks like oh they're to all the games like what an amazing life and it was great As a Packers fan, like growing up, like, but a, I had to be dispassionate and reserved and Mm -hmm. objective because I was on the beat. I was quote unquote reporter, but you know, the, uh, the other side of it was everyone on the beat, like, okay. So they were home for all the home games and then they were on the road eight times a year for the away games. I was on the road for all the games like 16 games because yeah. I live in New York, you know? So every Saturday morning I was at LaGuardia at like 6 a.m. flying to wherever the Packers were playing, whether that was Green Bay or wherever on the road. So you get through a couple years of that, and I'll never forget there was a moment. I went with, They were playing, I think, the Giants in the playoffs, and I legit said on one of my live chats, I was like, yeah, I kind of hope they lose because I just want to be home <laughs> with my girls. Like, I want to be home with my daughters. Like, I hated the fact I felt resentful that I got up every Saturday morning, didn't see my kids for three days, essentially, you know, and then came home and then like, you know, got four days with them, most of which they spent at school and I spent at work. And then I was on the road again, you know? So that definitely like you talk about your passion kind of being waned or sapped or whatever. It definitely came into play at that point, but yeah, it's something that now that... I mean, God bless Corey Banky because he's the one, I think, more than anybody else on this earth who absolutely recognized exactly what I'm just talking about right here and was like, look, just let's get you out of there and you can help me with LiveX, my production company, and you can run She Said TV and you can kind of maintain your fandom without having... And like, look, I understand I'm in a very unique position. There's no... Mm-hmm human on this earth like that I've ever met that I've ever heard of who is doing what I do, which is fine, which is great. And I don't take it for granted at all. And my time on the beat has afforded me the access, right? Like this idea, Mm -hmm. everything I was just talking about, about being in the locker room and now being on the zooms or whatever. Like I do not for a second, like minimize that or don't recognize how privileged I am as a Packers fan to have all that but yeah there's no doubt like i think it's only human nature like when you're doing it day by day creating whatever content we're creating you do get to a point where it's like all right i just want to take a break man i just want to like (laughs) you know what people are like whenever they find out what you do like oh what do you think of aaron Rodgers? it's like oh god no No, I can't do this right now. (laughs) I have no more Aaron Rodgers takes. They are all gone. Uh, They have all been spent.
1: I have zero more. I have none. None more takes. None more takes.
4: Exactly.
1: (laughs) All right, man. Let's let's get you back into your passion here a little bit. Um, We're building. You are building. You are building Aaron. Your dream Packers transplants. You get to pick one player on offense, one on defense and one coach throughout Packers history alive or dead. You get wow. to bring on, either at the same time or separately. Who are you picking? Now, for quarterbacks, I kind of had this pegged as either Star or Dickey. I feel like Star's got to be it. But who who do you got? Who's your – where's your where's your dream uh plans <sighs> going from here? See,
2: all time, all time, like ever, mm-hmm. history of a man. Yeah. All time. It's yeah, got to be bro. Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. But, like, <laughs> just the fact that he hasn't ever, ever, <laughs> in his 18 motherfucking years with the Packers – While I've been doing this, ever come on Packer Transplants drives me absolutely insane. And look, I've met (laughs) Bart Starr. I met Brett Favre. Yes, no, I've never had them on any show, obviously. But Aaron, really, really 18 years this whole time. And to be like, to be clear, and this is true. Every single freaking summer for those 18 years. Well, no. Well, since he's been a starter. So like six, 15 years, I have written to Packers PR at the start (laughs) of every training camp and asked for him to come on our show. And not once, not one time. So, and this is before everyone wants to talk about, Oh, Aaron Rodgers hates Aaron Nagler or whatever. Like, that's a whole other issue, whatever. But this was long before all of that. This was like just hometown Packers fans. Love you, buddy. We were always in your corner during the whole Brett Favre drama. Always wanted you the best for you, blah, blah. blah. Always backed you as a starter. Definitely Aaron Rodgers. If I could, my dream on Packer transplants, okay. on offense, it's definitely Aaron Rodgers. That's a shock. On defense. That's a really good question. I would probably go Well, we've had Leroy Butler on, so it's yeah. like we've kind of already had the dream on on defense. Maybe You know, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd, I'd I had, Dave, I I maybe maybe Dave Robinson.
1: Pig. Okay, I like Dave Robinson.
2: We we met him at Kettle of Fish years ago and he was absolutely hilarious and I've interviewed him for a Ice Bowl documentary uh, back in the day, but he He'd be great on transplants. He's amazing. Uh, and then coach. Um, what's you know, honestly, I'd love to have Forrest Gregg on, which I can't obviously yeah. not, but but you did say living your head. Yeah. So yeah. I'll go with Forrest Gregg just because I was like he was such a hard ass and he was so wrong. For the Packers <laughs> coming off of 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 Bart Starr, it was like I just because well here's the thing though he was very successful mm-hmm. prior to coming to Green Bay. Homeboy took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know it's like it's not like he was terrible or didn't know what he was doing, but like the mix in Green Bay was so clearly wrong. And also I've heard some great stories from like Larry McGarren and others about like. <laughs> about Forrest that I would just love to hear his take on it. But yeah, so those would be my three.
1: Interesting. Sarah, Sarah bring right. us home with your final question here. Yeah, our
3: final question, perhaps most important, is mm-hmm. when is Olive getting her dog? There it is. And there it is. what will the name be?
1: <laughs> so you,
2: I love that you brought this up because someone on Pac- Packers Daily this morning accused me or said that there are those accusing me of slow playing My my acquisition of said dog. And let me just state this for the record right here on the Packaday podcast. Um, I legit said, and this is I know is true. I don't even think that me saying this live into a microphone initially on Packer transplants, as is reported, is a true thing. Because I think Big B and others have just kind of made this up to try and shame me into getting Olive the dog but I've gone along with it all right but I know this is true because this did get said by me into a microphone after I was shamed into acquiescing to this idea was that the deal was and still is if Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback under center <laughs> in week 1 all right week 1 Is a long way away. Now, all of this said, I'm still looking at adoption centers. Like, I'm still, like, we are. It's in process, and I have little doubt that this will happen way prior to week one. But I will just have everyone know, for the record, that week one is the deadline. It ain't when Aaron Rodgers decides to tweet, oh, I'm coming back. That was not the deal. That was never the deal. So get off my back. All right, and as far as the name goes, I did put out there, that video on my Insta about, like, Olive pining for the name Romulus. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't get to pick the name. Like, I'm getting the freaking (laughs) dog. Like, I'm the one who's going to have to walk it and feed it and take care of it. You're just getting the dog. I had so many. I'm like, maybe not death threats, but I legit had, like, like. Some very sternly worded letters to the editor, like if you don't <laughs> let her name this fucking dog, you are dead to me. Like I'll never watch G-Z TV again. So, needless to say, the dog's name will definitely be Romulus. There was no question <laughs> in my mind. that will that will be the name.
3: Oh, I love it. I I've enjoyed following along with that banter on Twitter. I, oh I don't even know
2: yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. She is right, well, that- living.
2: She is living high on the hog. Let me just tell you this, right? <laughs> I
3: now. don't blame her. She, I mean, at this, this was point, a big win.
2: at this point, because I don't think people. There's lots of people who have come to it late, right? Mm-hmm. To this, just this past year of the drama of if Aaron Rodgers is back, Olive gets a dog. What I don't think a lot of people understand is that hashtag Get Olive a Dog has been going on around GZ TV for like ten years. Like, Olive has been begging for a dog forever, and now she's finally got it. Like, she knows that, like, it's in the pipeline. She is insufferable, insufferable about the fact that she's getting this dog. So, it's just maybe why I'm slow playing.
0: Oh.
3: Alrighty, well, that wraps it up for our questions for you, but we did get two questions from some listeners, real quick. Some of them I believe we already answered. So, um, first one is from Robin Erickson, and they want to know nothing better than a draft question as a send off. Um, is there a player from your respective colleges that you'd like to see Goody draft?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, man, Wandale Robinson. I was a fan of him, whether he's at UK or not at UK. Wondell Robinson, wide receiver, like a human joystick. They're not going to draft him. I think there's a 0% chance they draft him. I love Wondell Robinson so much. That's that's mine. What about you, Sarah?
3: Uh, There's, like, nobody from UCF this year, honestly. Um,
2: See, at least you have a football program. I literally went to an art school. Like, (laughs) they ain't drafting anybody from the – North Carolina School of the Arts pickles. <laughs> let me tell you that. Like, that ain't going to happen. So,
3: Yeah, there, there's not a lot of draft prospects. The team is younger now. Um, but I think in the next year or two, they'll kind of be back to where they were. Um, but I was excited. I, I, How
2: horrible was that night when you guys got beat down in the playoff? Like, was that just the worst <laughs> night of your life?
3: UCF wasn't in the playoff.
2: Well, they, no, not the playoff, but then they have, like, some big game where it was, like, they were all hyped up. They were going to do something, and then they got their ass kicked. Wasn't that wasn't that recently? The last couple of years? She they, blocked it, I think. I think it, so. Am it. I, like, am I high on crack? Like,
3: didn't that just they happen? They lost to, um... There was some game.
2: LSU so, Sarah, you know I don't follow college football, so you know I'm talking on <laughs> my butt. But, like, there seemed to be, in my, like, periphery... Oh. There was some game where like they were like, oh, they're gonna come and like, oh, they're undefeated and they're so great. And then they got their butt handed to them.
3: So they were undefeated for two years because they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl, and then the next year they played LSU. And that was the year in the Fiesta Bowl. They only lost, I think it was by ten. That, that game was the infamous... Um, but it wasn't it out-of-hand,
2: like, and then they just crawled. It was crawled kind
1: of... They crawled back it. in. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that yeah, 10 yeah, is yeah. not indicative.
2: Sarah's, of like, finals. slow <laughs> playing it. I get it. I get it. Hey,
3: I'm trying, but... Um, <laughs> but that was the infamous game where Joey Connors on UCF absolutely drilled Joe Burrow, and everybody always... That's that. right. That's
2: why... Yeah. That's it. That, that's that game. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they're
3: like, that's when he became good, because at that point in the game... UCF was actually it took, winning. It took UCF,
2: like, <laughs> kicking his ass to get him to, like, straight. UCF
3: up. was winning. I was yeah. there. I, I went to Arizona, and I covered the game, and it was super cool. Um, I think I remember, but,
2: side, like, shots, like, from your Insta yeah. on the so Yeah, so yeah. that
3: was that game. Um,
2: <laughs> See, but, this is how little I know. I'm like, there was some game, like, whatever. Yeah,
3: 2018, like, that was. Okay, so that's pretty, pretty recently. Long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I have no idea when it comes to college football. No, clue. <laughs> I just have the All narratives right. that Twitter spits at me. That's it.
3: <laughs> All right, our last question from Matt Pickett from Hey, We Like Your Pod, who he sends in questions pretty much every week. Um, first question we already answered. So, what are some of your favorite resources for draft info? We've already talked about this. So mm-hmm. We're going to plug the Cheesehead. The Cheesehead TV
2: Draft Guide, obviously. I mean, come on. What else do you need?
3: His bonus question, which I think is a good question for all of us, is, "What's been your favorite all-time listener question?" So, somebody that sent in a question. What's one that sticks out to you as your
1: favorite? I have no idea. I uh, this one, the one you just asked, Matt. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. I was, I was trying. You to are an back. amazing politician, do, Dusty. That's a, really good. That incredible i was trying to think back to like because we talk about oreos a lot like whatever the genesis <laughs> of or of our oreo question stuff was um but i can't remember what that was so uh that was a very poor answer on my part now you got one that sticks out you get asked a lot of questions you have i was one, just gonna like, say i get asked like 100 fine.
2: questions every yeah. morning on Packers mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. favorite yeah. ever yeah favorite ever and i don't know but there's wait, there's just there's just too many. I, I've mm-hmm. had I've had some really good ones. I will say my favorites are always from folks who like this gentleman may qualify for you guys, like someone who's a regular mm-hmm. who you do answer and interact with a lot, and then who suddenly throws you a curveball for for a subject <laughs> that is not, no seriously, that is not yeah. football related. You know what I mean, like. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody who has been hardcore. Like, what do you think of like, what's the best coverage? Or like, if you play cover three, where should the safety shade or whatever, like it was hardcore. And then it's like, what's your favorite Zeppelin album? Like, it's so great because it like takes you out of your comfort zone and makes you like instantly raw and honest. Like, those are the best. Like, if you set someone up as a character, almost like in your view as a content creator, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, I know this guy. He always asks about some Uber football thing. And then they're like, Oh yeah. Who's your best ghostbuster? You're less like, <laughs> Oh, uh, like it's just so good. It's like, those are always my favorite. Hundred. I always want to make sure I get
1: those right yeah i don't want to i don't want to like, pass thing. this right? i want exactly. to make sure i get this yeah exactly yeah. i
2: can bullshit about cover two but if like you're talking about my favorite ghostbuster i gotta get serious
1: you know venkman. it's venkman though it's always this,
2: yeah i to this day to my my mother can back this up i'm always like i'm pretty sure my personality has been formed by peter venkman and han solo like those two people <laughs> are who i am like that's it that's my personality so
1: it's good. I'll buy that. I was probably Venkman and uh, Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. Would be my guess. <laughs> uh, some, Perfect. Some, some Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. That's it for us. Aaron, thanks so much for whoa, joining whoa, us. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't huh? get Sarah's answer for that question. Oh, Sarah, do you? I, I think she told me she didn't want to answer that one, but I don't uh, care. Now you have It doesn't matter. I I was this her podcast? Okay. Okay. Wait, what?
3: Um. <laughs> um I don't... This is tough. I I know Maggie... Yes, that's why I
2: want to hear your answer.
3: ...always sends us really good questions. Um, One that she asked that sparked a just very funny and unusual debate between Dusty, Steve, and I uh, was, would you rather be sacked by Zadarius Smith or tackle or run over by A.J. Dillon? (laughs) Wow. and we so good we fought about that for a good 10 minutes that is back ama- and forth. that's
2: an incredible question that is a yeah, great question it was awesome and and the answer time. is so
3: many questions like and the that.
2: answer is no thanks i choose life <laughs> <laughs> so good
1: I think it yeah. was like, well, Z could hit you on the blind side, but I could like half-ass a Dylan tackle. Like, I could survive if I'm tackling Dylan from the side, maybe. But Z might kill me. Like, yeah. I think but the thing where is, I the thing, on that. and this is having played quarterback as a younger
2: man. Uh,
1: if you get blindsided,
2: your body is not expecting it, and yeah. so there is like a natural, almost. It's weird, but it's like you're 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 in a looser state, and like you get hit, but like you're not expecting it. So yeah, it hurts. And blah, blah blah, you deal. Like, if A.J. Dillon's coming at me, you're bracing and I got to tackle him. My whole body is tense with, like, oh my God, I'm going to get killed. And then you get killed. So I'll probably take the blindside hit of those two.
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, All right. Well, yeah, Aaron, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, do we, as we're going to sign off here again, we're out for the next month and a half. Sarah and I are taking the next month and a half off. Uh, the next, the new Wednesday crew starting next week is going to be Jacob Wessendorf, Owen Reese and Russell Brown talking about draft things. If I'm looking at that lineup, I'm going to guess offensive line is in their future. So you'll be catching that at some point on Wednesday. Uh, so Aaron, again, thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything, anything going on? Anything in your world you just want to throw out there?
2: Yeah, here's, here's, my, here's my final thought. Follow Dusty and Sarah's example and take the month next month off. Stop, <laughs> stop dealing with this draft nonsense and rising and falling every day by whatever Twitter headline comes over your way. And just go outside and touch some grass, feel the mm-hmm. wind on your face, and then regroup and come back and watch the Cheesehead TV live draft stream for three days. Because you, know, you get your time away and then you get come back and just like engross mm-hmm. in it. So
1: that's my recommendation. Solid recommendation. Sarah, you got any final thoughts?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, thanks everybody for listening as always. And you know we'll catch you again in May, but just... Keep an eye out. Um, I will be the Cheesehead Origins feature this week on Ooh. Cheesehead TV. Will so. you really? Oh, that's yes. so what
5: breaking news.
3: That's great. So breaking news. It. Sorry, Tim, to steal you your thunder. Go. I love um, it. Can't wait. But I'm excited. It was fun. He sent me the questions the other day, and I kind of got to reflect on my Packers fandom and just then my experience delving into writing and the podcast world. So excited to see what he ends up uh, pulling together, but that should be coming out on Thursday. So keep an eye out for that.
1: That's awesome. That series is so much fun. Kind of getting to know uh, some of the people that I kind of know, but don't know that well. It is weird, right? Like all these
2: folks so far that Mm -hmm. you've met, like uh, last week I know was Kyle's the first Mm -hmm. one he's done that of someone I actually have met and know in life, but it is great. Like it's such a great idea too. Sarah, I'm so excited!
1: Mm-hmm. I can't wait. That's that's like such a fun, fun prospect. Can't wait to can't wait to read it. It's gonna be awesome. I am also excited about that. Um, my final thoughts. Let's see. So I'm. <laughs> I always kind of joke about I'm I'm emerging from my cave to write. I think starting next week, a uh, new article up over on Cheesehead. I think I'm tentatively calling it Quality Control, and I'm gonna be. I've spent the last like two months tagging every single play splitting and tagging every single play I've and cataloging seen you. And rush yes. plays oh my yes. gosh i love it's it it's been i've kind of had it done and then i kind of redid it with a new program so looking at every single all of the rpos the packers ran different tags and everything like that so what i'm kicking off with we're going to run into explosive plays and then red zone packages and different concepts and all kinds of stuff but do you do it by, have you got
2: it broken down by like personnel and like where they line up like you can you do quads and all that stuff or is it
1: not yet like i am getting there right now it's Got concepts it. down distance uh red zone area um dude, type of extensive. type of play so that's like uh, like runs uh, run inside uh wide zone all that kind of stuff so awesome, personnel man. still something i'm tagging i am getting there um, i mean but,
2: that's <laughs> i mean you talk about getting down and you know extensively yeah but i dude, think i've done so one great.
1: game yeah, I'm excited. It's been it's a ton of work, uh, but I'm really yeah. excited about it. So that's going to gonna launch next week, uh, and yeah, as always, I guess thank you for everyone for joining us and listening, uh, for all the support you've given us. Uh, me and Sarah take a month and a half off. Don't be afraid to reach out if you like asking us a question. We're not going to be able to know if it's a draft stuff generally, uh, but <laughs> feel free to reach out as always. Follow us on Twitter um, at Sarah Keller four at Steve Perhatch at Aaron Nagler at Dusty Evely and the podcast at Packet A Podcast. Great uh, review on your podcast uh, listener of choice. And as always, go Packo.